Avery. Awesome. How are you? Wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's so glad to have you. My goodness. Uh, so glad to be here. Tune in. In this gas chamber. <laughs> you know, with a little light savages in session flow. So I for, like that. Yeah. That was nice. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, how's the music? Is it okay? I can't um actually hear it well. No? No. Turn it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You hear it? Nice. I can hear it. Okay, cool. So, if you can't tell already, you know we have a special episode. We're back with our Wednesday debrief. It's so hard to, to get people to commit to the Wednesday debrief. So, I have my homie, the all-around Wakandan queen, <laughs> yeah. the black I like goddess. It. I love that's, it. I respect that's all this that's the, the Jill of all trades that's there when you need her for anything that you need her for. <laughs> true. Um, true. Um, you, what can I say? You got bachelors to the masters in higher education, science. Oh, you know, uh own company, Avery and Avery and Designs, check her out. Thank um, you. Does all her things freehand. If you like it like that, graphic designer, um, by passionate trade, um, Batwoman, wow. Batwoman by night. <laughs> no, for real. Uh, if you like my mascot, if you like the mascot of the Phoenix, when you see that anywhere, she she did that for me. All the burn war graphics, she does that for us. So, without further ado, my motherfucking friend. What's at Adrian Designs, a.k.a. Janine E.T., B.k.a. <laughs> Janine Thompson. <laughs> thank, thank you. For being thank on you. The, thank you for being on the podcast with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be connected to your audience. Um, this is wonderful. Long time coming, but I'm happy to be here now. Yes. Um, Boss super by excited Chance. To... Boss by Chance is her podcast. Yes. Boss yes. By yes. Boss by Chance. Like, um, so just like, I guess, very quickly, um, I'll preface this conversation with saying that the chance part of Boss by Chance is actually just, I guess, a play on words. Um, nothing for me is by chance. Like, I really do believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, that it's sort of written already, um, you know, our destinies, our past and things of that nature. We just have to hone in on it and, and go for it. So boss by chance, nothing really is by chance right now that I'm a boss and I, I'm an aspiring what millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire, <laughs> millennial. That's right. That's right. Um, so there's nothing really by chance about that um my my whole family you know um are entrepreneurs uh business owners you know since they immigrated to this country in 1970 through 1980 like literally everyone from my mom's side sort of um migrated here from Jamaica so and they literally had nothing to their name but my mom always says like she had like $200 um 
she said a hope a dream and basically the backing of her family who supported everything that she did so they came to this country and they each you know learned a trade and just jumped into owning their own business like fuck working in the work like fuck workforce they created those opportunities for themselves so yes boss by chance um definitely hoping to have that launch in the fall of 2018 definitely trying to just i guess plan out my what um what your content plan what of your attack content would look like yeah what the content would look like like what do I want to like? What exactly is my my platform? Is it um, f- like informing individuals on blank and blank? Is it a like tutorial kind of based um, podcast? Is it you know like more of like a review kind of podcast where like you're reviewing film, art, music, things of that nature? Like, I think it would be dope. I think those to have all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be super Some... refreshing for you to, because all of those things are you, you know what I mean? And if anybody was to get to know you, they would know that, you know, you're definitely a creative, so that, you know, naturally you're multifaceted, and why not yeah. give the listeners all of you? Very you know, true. That's the point of having these platforms. This it's like platform. Talking, it's like talking in the closet. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to say like talking like in the club, you know what I mean? I don't mean that that kind of way, but I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, it's, there's nobody, there's nobody here until you see somebody listen. So you see somebody yeah. tune in and it's just like, damn, that was, I can't believe somebody is actually listening. You know what I mean? It's, it's, no, it's, it's I totally dope from that. there. But um, yes, we're debriefing uh, episode number 14. Wow, um, episode number fourteen. Yeah, yeah, episode number fourteen. We we cooking with fish grease. We came all this, we came all this way, baby. Mm-hmm. We came all this way, so we might as well collect our pride. So episode fourteen is um, creative versus custom made. Mm. Um, now before we even get rip, we, we start ripping into this. Uh, before we get started, I want you to know, I want you all to know that. Um, um, we don't know anything at all. You know what I mean? But because the the more we start to learn about this life, the more we have questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, what we have is what we got based by scientific fact, like either anecdotally or uh, quantitatively. Um, so, yeah. How did you, what did you, if anything at all, did you, did you listen to episode 14? Yeah, I was definitely tuned in. Um, creative versus custom made. Uh, I think we spoke about this a little bit last week. Um, that that specific um, episode really like had me questioning myself. Like I had a couple come to me moments where I was just like creative versus custom made. I had to um, not question, I would say myself, maybe evaluate you know, my levels of creativity, um, especially like working in illustration and like creating um, illustrative works for for clients and individuals who want, you know, um, they have a vision for maybe their brand or their company and they want it executed um, in a, you know, I guess a cartoony 
Um, <laughs> I don't know really how to explain illustration other than illustration. Um, they want it visually depicted. Like they want their vision visually depicted. And so like coming you know, from that perspective where it's like, okay, say I have a client who comes in and they want, so let's just use you as an example. Um, you wanted a Phoenix, right? Yes. So before I was really connected with your brand, your vision, your mission was here that, at was Phoenix that two years ago now? Two, three years ago? Two, almost. Almost two. Almost two? Yeah. Almost. Time flies when you have a time flies, but it also like when I think about it, my timing right now is going like crazy. Like time is literally flying, but then I have to slow down. Like I slow myself down and I'm like, wait, that was just last year. Like that was just in October. And then you think about it, it's like, okay, October is around the corner. So it's almost a year kind of a thing. Um, but for us it was definitely almost two years. Um so sitting down with you, you said you wanted a Phoenix. I wasn't connected to your brand at the time. Like I didn't really know your vision. I hadn't gone through your own, your your process, which was my process at Phoenix Innovation Group. So I didn't even know really how or what to expect. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so once you said that, I was like, okay, now I have to really consult with what's going on up here. And... I'm pointing to my to my mind <laughs> as if the listeners can see that. But what was going on in my mind? And I'm like, okay, well, you want a phoenix? Okay, well, well what does a phoenix really look like? I know that it's you know resembling resembling a bird, but what does it really look like? And so, um, the more that we got to, the more closer that we got, um, especially with our performance coaching sessions, I was able to sort of get you know, a little bit more of your vision, a little bit more um, of a feel of your mission and purpose and why you do what you do and why you love what you do. And I drew you a bird, a phoenix specifically. Um, and it was off of another image that I had seen. So when we talk about creative versus custom made, I think, which again, like as we debrief this episode, we're going, I mean, debrief your previous episode, episode 14, we're going to sort of dive into again, what those two words really mean. Cause it's a lot to unpack, but say for instance, you wanted that bird. I went and did research on what a Phoenix looks like. I tried to incorporate, you know, the look of the bird, um, through your mission and your vision and your purpose of Phoenix Innovation Group. Like all of that went into the first design. And unfortunately that design just wasn't connecting with you. But what that did for my creativity was I started to doubt myself, like what? Like you're not connected to the bird. You're not connected to the colors. You're like, I want to see these colors basically inverted. Like I want to see the blue where the red was. And now I want to see the gold where the white was. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So you want me to draw the bird over. <laughs> so I remember drawing the entire thing over, um, trying to sketch it, but trying to keep it similar to the um, first bird and not realizing that when you said, you know, maybe I want to, I want to see it in a different way. I couldn't even, and again, this was almost a year ago or so. I couldn't wrap my mind around changing the entire design. It Two was like, years ago. 
um, two years ago. Yeah. I couldn't even wrap my mind around changing the whole design. And that was, I think we dedicated an entire session to designs change. You remember when you were like, yes. designs change? Yes. Um, and that was really important for me to not only go through through my process, but also in the design or illustrative process as well, that designs will change. That, you were really one of my first true clients as in, in having a DBA, um, having an actual business, you were one of those first clients. And I realized now that if I didn't have that experience where you were like, honestly, like we need to go in a different direction. We need to pivot because it's not working. I would not be able to deal with <laughs> the clientele that I have now where it's like, okay, well I need, you know, maybe we need to reconceptualize. Maybe we need to, you know, just design this in a different way. Maybe I need to see this in, in six different colors and I need to be able to provide you the same design or multiple concepts in, in different colors and an arrangement. That Treat, different treatments. Treatments, yes, as in your words, for sure. Um, just so that you can see the, the vision, my vision, or your vision executed in an illustrative fashion, but in, in different ways. It's the same concept, but maybe in different in different ways. So right. executed in different ways. So um, that first experience was really crucial, and and I think just it was vital for I guess my success now um, in illustration. And re I remember you saying like, "Okay, well, I'm really I'm still not really feeling." So I'm like, "Hold on now." So you didn't like the first one. I don't even know if it wasn't. A, it was a matter of not liking, right? I think it was just the connection of it. And that's very important, especially in branding. Um, in any, you know, when you're trying to, excuse me, when you're trying to um, sort of gain recognition for your brand, you definitely want something that is not only going to stick with your company for the next 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 50 years you also really need to feel really connected with the illustration your logo um because when someone sees that on the street or you know whether it's on your merchandise or it's on your website your web page your social media platforms um things of that nature they want to be able to automatically connect with it um and feel just super like oh my goodness like I want to support that brand like or this is pretty dope I would put that on a shirt and I would wear it kind of a thing that has to that's very important um and, so and I, and I hear that all the time match like also with who did it like who is that <laughs> who is that phantasmo who put that together ah uh, thank always you like at Avery and Designs hit her up wow actually I think that's in one of the posts too in the beginning I think, I, I think it is. Yes. I, I remember that. Thank you so much um, for just believing in the vision and trusting my process as it was both. I guess I was going through my process through Phoenix Innovation Group as you were going through my process at Avery Designs. Um, and at that time, there wasn't an Avery Designs, truly. Um, through, I, th I think, graduating from Phoenix Innovation Group really, like... I guess put fire under my feet to begin to to practice this craft I think this skill that I've always had but never knew like that I could monetize off of it um never thought that there was a future in illustration and I also want to just talk about 
how important timing is like right now again going back to what i was saying before like how time is just flying and it feels like it's just you know flying off the hinges and i can't even catch up to it (laughs) but when i slow down and i'm just like chill out girl chill like you've done a lot (laughs) just sit down real quick um that's when i really begin to think about how much time or how much is to come i think how much in in 10 years i won't be the same illustrator that i am now like i'll have a lot of um you know time a lot of practice a lot of um just a lot of i'm losing my words a lot of experience under my belt hello that's, am i that, still that, in that's that craftsmanship right the dedication to growing and learning absolutely and being creative yes um, it's so important. You only be thirty three in ten years. You know that's I mean? crazy. Like that's, that's like <laughs> that's what's so insane about this. Like that's crazy. To I'm loving. Think. I'm loving the show. Love is right now. Right. Mm. It's kind of making it makes me believe in in the one man one woman companionship thing and and really working it out and being uh, hopefully romantic and things like that. Um, and that's like the kind of thing that was intimidating for um uh Yasir's the you know the character of Yasir he, he's like yo here's this girl she's 26 she's got it all together mm-hmm. and how insecure that made him and so on and so forth um when you talk about when we're talking about creativity versus custom made and in custom made being those traditional values in like, like humanhoods of like womanhood and sisterhood and um, you got a biological clock and you need to be trying to find a man so you mm. can get married so you can have some kids and buy a home and do all of these things and you see she like cut all of that off and bought her own home had her own yes. vehicle was career driven mm-hmm. and then a man just was there to accentuate her life and lifestyle. Yeah. So, like, how important is, is that for you with being a creative, uh, those cu- those custom-made values? Like, how Im- important are those custom-made values to you as a creative, or are they even important at all? Um, do you so, make up your own thing, or, you know, are you well, standing on the shoulders of... <laughs> That's, like, a three-part question, um, which is, is a great... We got yes. Indy, so I'm going to answer the, the last one first. You said, am I standing on the shoulders of um, the ones who came before me? Absolutely, of course, because without sort of their path that they paved, I would literally be running around with my head like a chicken, just with my head cut off, um, which is oftentimes good because now you're setting those standards and you're setting those ideals for yourself um, and you're, you're not kind of going off of a, a path that was created for someone else but now they've become your example um so I think it's important to one follow but also know when it's time to step up and lead damn it's very was, important that was dope that was dope, <laughs> that was dope right there <laughs> thank you um because again like after just debriefing you know your last episode with myself like evaluating a lot of my ideals and and just checking in with myself um on a creative level um I had a lot of 
you know, conversation around this creativity versus custom made kind of thing. And I'm, I was thinking more so on a surface level, um, only because in one of my previous and recent um, experiences with a client, I was faced with that um, question of, is this really like stretching my creativity right now? Or am I creating custom made design for this individual? So I think we'll get into that a little bit later. But you talked about um, the show Love Is and how how it's sort of, you know, how it's connected to to my, I, I guess, creative process. Um, as far as like setting those standards and ideals for myself, I think right now, since I graduated being post-grad um, for the past, what, four months? Because I can't even count coming home. I've been out of Buffalo, out of what you call, Naja, the incubation stage. The incubation for, tank. Because the you incubation don't tank. Here. You never, yep. really, like, it's not, you know, I mean, it's real life. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. as you were in college, it wasn't like, okay, like I'm really living my life. I'm really out here. It was like, on, I don't want to say on pause, but you were in a buffer zone to where you can learn as much as you can. Yeah. And you get back to your real world, which is damn near Farmer's Boulevard. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, literally. And then learn or, or actually learn what you've learned in that incubation tank. And mm. in, in, by real world application, you know what I mean. So that's getting hit hard in the real world, but yes, everything that you learn in incubation tank should be valuable. Absolutely, and transferable. Like, absolutely. Um, to piggyback off what you said about that buffering stage, so I can't count. I literally. So this is a two part story. I can't count spring semester. And I, I'm still in the semester sort of um, mindset. I definitely have to step out of it. Actually, I can or I might not. But it's cool, you know? I actually like I like the fall kind of spring semester. But now I, I definitely am being more um, open to the quarterly, you know? The quarterly yeah, see, sort of what, timing. That's what I go by, man. I go by, you know. Quarters. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. For sure. That's that's going by fiscal planning. Absolutely. Yes. Um, As a business owner, as entrepreneurs, we definitely um, need, I'm sorry, we need to to be in that mindset. Um, I'm talking about as far as academically, like being in the I have to track my progress. For sure. I have to track my progress, like, you know, what's going on? How did it go? How much did I make this last quarter? Mm-hmm. What am I projected to make the next quarter? How many jobs did I do unpaid versus paid? For um, sure. and, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, and that's the part of, you know, I appreciate there being a custom-made design for how to run a business. But as a creative, I bring my process to it to, in order to, like, to make, ensure my success as an entity. Mm-hmm. And then ensure every like the burn wards success, the podcast success, the book success, uh, me teaching a success. None of that can be a success unless I'm unless me as the sole entity feels and believes in that success. You know what I mean? And For sure. Doing these hot, this hardwired work of figuring it's hard out too. The, the, the data and the details because yes. the devil is in the details. Mm-hmm. 
I can't believe in my progress if I'm not tracking it because in tracking it, I can measure it. And yeah. I can see like, okay, well, all right, I had a dip second quarter. What happened? What products didn't sell? Why didn't they sell? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that proves to be invaluable to uh, creative like creators like us because um, I need to know I'm in the black, baby. I need to know that things are working. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If my rent is, is late in, at the burn ward, I need to know why. You know sure. what I'm saying? What's going on? And then be able to face those higher facts versus running away from them. Yeah. And being like, uh, oh, uh, well, you know, it's shit. Well, it, it just, <laughs> it's a little short. I'm mean, a little short. You know what I mean? <laughs> hold me down. Hold me down. Nah, I definitely you know, get that. That's just not the way it works. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I have to kind of take on more of the mainstream culture of business and give my culture a little bit of a backseat to that because capitalism is capitalism. Mm. You know what I mean? I said, talked about capitalism earlier today. Mm-hmm. It has no observation to culture. Capitalism is what it is. Yeah. That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's either you, you apply and adhere to that culture or find your system of currency that works best for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So sorry for the um background tunes oh, of no, pots and pans. I ain't sweating that. You know what I mean? The thing about this podcast is my listeners know that we give it up real raw and real. If it's too heavy for you, you got to tap out. You know <laughs> you're saying we don't play no games around here. But yeah, um so um so I don't know. I don't know if I was meant to ask these questions of you know based on that my love is experience and binge watching it. No, um, um, but I just feel like there's so many correlations to real life. Yeah. Um, especially how they trap they they challenge in the show. Like the show is kind of is is kind of built on millennial love, which is mm-hmm. a lot different than like traditional love and how that is celebrated. So it's kind of cool how there, I think there's a lot of nuances between like, you know, love in 2018 versus again, love in 1996, which I think they do a great job at um, showing that love is timeless, like regardless of, of, what you you keep dropping them, but go oh. ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you you talked about millennial love, and I think you can either look at the show from a, a mindset of right here, right now, in the twenty first century, in twenty eighteen, um, because these characters are young; they're twenty six years old um, or around that age, and so you can look at it from like, oh, this is this show is taking place right now. It could almost be taking place right now. But then when you kind of jump in your time machine and go back to 1996, it really doesn't say much about time. Like, about well, see, the for era. Me, for me, it does. Because like, the character of Nuri, she was not like, that's not like the that was a challenge for the 90s. Just, like, think about it. Everybody Hates so, Chris was, was a show that took place in the late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. right? That's about a show. It's inspired by his life about a, that time. 
and his mother wasn't considered a woman until she had at least two kids and a husband, right? And her main thing whenever she got a job was like, I don't need this shit. I got a man, right? Yeah. Versus Nuri in the 90s, let's say 10, maybe even 15 years later, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't need a man. No, I totally, I, I 1000% agree with that. I'm talking about just on the surface of just love. It's, it's not even oh, okay. surface. I'm talking about love, loving someone. And, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That I mean, because that, I mean, that is, that doesn't change. The way you, you love somebody, someone is, is just the way that's just natural. That's authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, the way you, that you love someone. But the thing that's challenged is to me is again, she met this man a month, brought her, brought him into her home, broke all her rules. Yeah. All the traditional values. And then have those challenged again by her girlfriend, her mother, her aunt, and her grandmother slightly. Her grandmother kind of supported her on being a revolutionary. Yeah. Right? I wish I had a, I wish I had done more of the things that you that you're mm. doing. Maybe I wouldn't be single right now. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that last episode was pretty deep too. Yo, Just the generation just, generational. Um, I want to say curse. Maybe like just. Just a, it's just the, it's just the values, cycle, the traditional the tradition, values. Yeah, yeah. the traditions. Like, I remember like having conversations with my siblings, like you know about the tradition of Easter, and I'm like, I don't really even fully understand Easter. Mm-hmm. I just know that we do it. You know what I mean? And we eat soul food be, because that's tradition, even though it was, you know, we made something of nothing. Yeah, get, you know, getting the scraps passed on to us from you know. Um, you know, the slave masters to the slaves or whatever. But even though, like, now we don't have to do that, and because we do that, we're getting our toes chopped off or ankles chopped off or legs, <laughs> knees chopped off. Just keep doing it. And it was just like, well, are you going to get Nodge, like, an Easter suit for church? And I'm like, well, I I don't celebrate, you know, that kind of thing. So that institution... So why would I get my my boy an outfit for that institution and send him there and I'm not even going? You know no, what I'm saying? That. that really yeah. makes sense to me. And 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 I got the pushback of well, it, well it's, it's tradition. And I'm buying my kids an outfit and we going to church just because we, that's what we do. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't even believe in white Jesus. Like so, like, <laughs> like, so, like, like I, so I don't. I don't get it. Like, so what are we going for? That means that we faking it, you know. What I mean? But that's too many questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's tradition. You don't you don't question tradition. You just do it. And a lot about that show, a lot about everything that we have right now is 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 challenging those traditional values because we have this air of creativity over custom made. I remember when I was coming up, custom made was the shit. You know what I mean? I got this custom. You know what I mean? I got this for me. Yeah. Whereas, you know, creativity was reserved for those nuanced, uh, halfway crazy individuals that lived in New York City, L.A., or special metropolitan areas. You know what I'm saying? I think also it's reserved for the privileged as well, because creativity Mm -hmm. comes with a lot of failure. But when you're coming from a perspective of I'm being creative, I'm at my freest right now, that failure doesn't really come as at a price for you. It's like, okay, I'm going to try, 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 try again kind of a thing. 
and no one is really there to sort of scold you or judge you because you're at your freest and you really don't give a fuck regardless so but that's the, that's, think, the, that's the thing about them they were really creative this dude didn't have a job <laughs> it was homeless mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and he was like he's like six years older than her in the joint got a kid and like all twisted you know what I'm saying so it's like he had to bank on his creativity. Now imagine him being somewhere, being elsewhere other than LA. Mm. How long would that last? New York City. I think LA, New York City, possibly he could have made it. I don't um, think he could have made it on the classy East Coast like that. New York City, it, it's definitely a different type get, of grit. He wouldn't have been able to get that girl. Nah, nah, nah. He wouldn't nah. have been able to get that girl in New York City. But also, you have to think about the environment that these two characters are living in. They're both in the entertainment industry. So it made sense for him to be in a setting like L.A., um, where I, I guess in, in New York City, you know, is about performing arts and music, Um and I would say art as well, but he wanted to be a film director. So it made sense that he was, it was set there. So could he have made it as a budding, you know, filmmaker, aspiring director in New York? Maybe not. You're I right. Think he, I think he could have made it. You like mean, I'm talking it, about being creative as far as like living on your, your best friend's couch. Yeah. Like yeah, yes. yeah. So when you did just mention that, maybe not, especially in that you time. I mean, well, you know, I can't really even speak to that time as in, couch, in 1996. As a, as, a, as a homeless couch shirt, like in my but time, now, like, living with someone and I'm just going to be like completely vulnerable, completely honest about it, like couch surfing on somebody's couch and mm-hmm. having to abide by their rules and not being able to have uh, company and, 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 and practice your craftsmanship and things like that. Yeah. Um, that's me on the East coast. You know what I'm saying? Having to battle mm. with having mentors and getting close to my mentors and them wanting to pocket me and my skill uh, versus like, yo, like let's go all the way with this. You know what I mean? So, uh, we're, but we're talking also part. now, 2018. But she, she kind of did that to him too, though. She kind of, she kind of took his quip about jail and black people and used that in her writing for the show and score points. Mm. You see did what I I'm saying? Did I catch that point? Yeah, she, yeah, because she uh, was talking about the, the club med and getting three meals a day and all of that and how that's a part of, like, damn near right of passage for a black person. You know what I'm saying? And she took that joke and that's what that's how she garnered the, the name or the title of Young Padawan, which comes from Star Wars. Um, she's a Jedi in training. Got so it. I got that part. I don't know if I have seen that, that piece of that episode when... I think, that was ep- I think it was like episode two. Mm, definitely have to binge the whole show again for sure it's definitely a a good read yeah for sure but again that was like that mentor mentee relationship and she was inspired it was just a joke it it looked like a like a little quip in your life and you but you score points off of it so Mm. a lot of people like like kanye they give kanye shit for giving the janitor a credit on his album for contributing to the finished product or the finished idea and it's like 
people argue with that and it's just like well damn if they've contributed they contributed you know what I mean yeah and that's the key part of collaboration which is an integral part of creativity you know what I mean so if he had that without even trying perhaps he could have made it to the writing staff mm. and then she acknowledged that later on in, in the episodes of saying like shit you my competition you know what I mean like all these people are looking for my spot and I, I, I need a script I need to be able to write a script or I'm done next year. Yeah. And he was just like, relax, man. You're going to be all right. <laughs> so that's an excellent segue. Like, how do you deal with the pressures? Like, even for me, when you were, when I kept saying, I kept denying it, like, uh, uh, and then I believe it was Bidiski. It was Bengali that was just like, man, just trust yourself. Do it and then give him the treatments and let that be it. You know what I mean? Like, how do you process that? Like, how do you deal with those humanhoods and those traditional values, those custom-made values with just exercising your authenticity, with just being yourself and with just practicing yourself. Like, I'm sure you have, you know, like those hard conversations with your, with your mom sometimes who's your, you know, your thousand percent support. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you navigate that? How do you find your agency as a creative, especially as a young woman? So okay, I think you just you just hit you just hit the question on the nail or the head. Um, how do I sort of ha? Huh, how do I navigate this this arena right now? It's so hard. Honestly, it's, it's so hard. To be honestly, when you're not in like a pool of creators, you know what I mean? Absolutely, for sure. Um, and I'm going to be very vulnerable as well. It's very hard to say that you want to go left when everybody is going right. And mm-hmm. everybody that's going right is looking at you crazy as hell because you want to go left. And it's just like, well, why can't I go left? And they're just like, well, we don't really know what's, what's on the left side. Like, why, why come, do you even want to know what's on the left side? Girl, just Facts. get your ass over here and let's go. <laughs> yes, and I have I've dealt with that a lot since I've been home. Um, I remember before earlier in this episode we were talking about um, the incubation tank and like in Buffalo everything was possible before I got here, and I have had the door shut in my face more than twelve thousand times it feels since I've been home. But when I was in Buffalo, you know, for school and not not even for school, like this last, well, the last maybe four months that I was in Buffalo, everything seemed possible. I was like, I'm going to come home to New York City. I'm going to live my dreams. I'm going to enjoy my summer. I'm also going to like, you know, hang out with all my friends. I'm going to get turned. Um, I'm also going to create dope art. I'm going to learn new skills and, you know, just enhance, um, at any given moment, like be able to, you know, gain a client, enhance my skills. Um, I had all of these beautiful ideas, but again, it's different once when you're far removed from reality. And once I got back to this reality, the only thing that stayed constant was the fact that I still had the opportunity to be creative. Mm. The only thing, the thing that really was the driving force behind, I think the pressure that I feel even to this day 
and and I've felt over this past summer is not being able to provide um, financially uh, and contribute to my household as much as I really want to. And the little bit that I do have, being able to sacrifice that um, tampers with that creativity because it's like, I want to go to this art show. I want to go to, you know, this um, industry party that's happening this week. Or I want to be able to link with these girls that I met at, you know, the museum for coffee. I want to be able to, you know, interact with all these other dope ass creatives that I've met. Sometimes you have to. hmm? No, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I've had to, I've had to do a lot of sacrificing um, to be able to try to do both. Um, you know, sometimes you just, it's a give and take. Sometimes you have to, you, you will be disappointed because you can't do everything. But for instance, um, I know that I have to help, you know, say with the utility bills, right? That's a certain portion of uh, responsibility every month. Um, outside of you know my personal responsibilities but say for instance I have to I help I have to help with that now I don't truly have as much income that I did have at one point you know working in a corporate or professional setting but the one thing that's always and will always be my saving grace and not even really the saving grace aspect it is my it is my um primary you know, source of income is my business. That was able to, on a number of times, not save me, but step in and like allow me to, allow me to, 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 um, excuse me, I'm like losing my words. It allowed me the opportunity to do the things that I couldn't have done if I didn't have that extra disposable income. So because I was able to, you know, say for instance, lockdown, three clients in June, um, or no, excuse me, May, that gave me the opportunity to, to be able to go to like coffee meetings and, um, say the museum and like pop-up shops and like small events, but it gave me that, that opportunity to, to fund that. So I see that as like being able to fund my business through my business because it's a cycle like if I'm able to go out and network with other creatives and that's just more people more creatives in my network and then they're inviting me to more events and then those events birth new events and things of that nature so it's sort of like stepping aside from that everyday hustle and bustle nine to five like feeling like that's the only way that I can you know um get or acquire income. Um, and I realized that I even like sort of defied my own beliefs that that was true. And it isn't. So I think when you go, when we went back to. I need you to say stuff like that with like so much more heart. Like, come on. Like there's what? people listening to that. You know what I mean? There's like people listening. I didn't say it with heart. What I, what I didn't say. Because it's just rolling off your tongue. It's, it's natural. It's like it's, it's organic. So it's great. But it was just like, you don't know how triumphant that part of your speech was. Like, you know, you had to defy your own, you know, value structure. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a I sense. Do. And I feel like that's the essence of creativity. That's what makes it bittersweet. You have to, like, in a sense, be pricked and be hurt. Mm-hmm. And then your creativity kicks in and generates mad options. 
the spirit yeah. of your resilience already is going to make you bounce back, right? Because that's just what you do. That's just who we are. But that creativity was just like, okay, well, I can contribute to the household, right? And, and only have this temporary thing, right? That this, this temporary satisfaction that the bills are paid until the first of another month comes in. Absolutely. Because that, that first of the month is right. coming around. Or I could treat this thing like a battery and keep charging it by means of in investment. Mm. In every piece of currency that I get, I bank back into my craftsmanship. You know, operating at my, my most optimum level. You know what I mean? And setting this vision for myself and saying like, you know, I want to do the girlfriend thing. I want to have lunches at the museum. I want to uh, enjoy my, my music subscription on a train and, and yes. as I'm going to my <laughs> meeting in the park or, you know, just the small things. I yeah. want to be able to take better care of my mom. That's where your creativity lives because mm -hmm. without that, I feel like you have never really have to know who you are. You know, this opportunity is giving you a chance to get to know yourself on a more subtle dare I say, even more intimate late level to it say really that. Has, like, I feel terrible without contributing the way that I want to contribute. So, okay, so if you get awarded with, the, with, with your dream, your financial dream tomorrow, like, what are you going to do? So you're not taking advantage, you're not taking this for granted that this downtime that you have, um, finances that you dream of, is you're cataloging these experiences and saying, you know what, when I get my money, that's what I'm going to get when I get my money. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think but, that's, I think that's no, super, ahead. super dope, man. I think that's super dope. Yeah. Um, so you, it's so funny because when you're in the moment, like you're not even thinking about it. Like I'm being creative right now. Like it's literally like that fight or flight. Like you just, you have to survive like i can't i can't get swallowed up you have by... to and then when you think about that on the evolutionary scale you know if you went out there and tried to fight a saber-toothed tiger alone likely they would be finding your skull and bones that next day for sure you know what i mean but if you go a team not only killed the saber tooth but also able to eat its meat Yeah. Hey, um, quickly, your microphone just kind of went in and out. What'd you say? The sound went in and out. Just wanted to let you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you catch me? Did you hear what I, what I was saying? I, I caught bits and pieces. I just, I don't know how it's going to come out, um, you know, on the other end of the recording, but it kind of dipped out and came back in. Yeah, that sucks. That's the phone. Okay. You know, we couldn't get the, we couldn't get the microphone going today. Yeah. That's okay. You know what I mean? I'll be back again. It comes that that's what comes with the territory, you know what For I mean? For sure. Just got to respect it. It is what it is. Yeah. But I was saying um is integral to creativity in the means of if you if you rewind this thing back um to prehistoric times, um if you went outside of the tribe to 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 kill this threatening saber-tooth that's been plaguing your village for a long time, your tribe for a long time, you will, they would likely find your skull and bones that next morning. For sure. But if you went out there with a team and your team had a plan 
and you executed that plan, either there will be minimal casual, minimal to no casualties. You have at least killed the saber tooth. You maybe even have killed the saber tooth and skinned the saber tooth for a skin. You might have killed the saber tooth, skilled the saber tooth for a skin, and used its teeth and nails for defense weapons. You might have done all those things and plus eaten the meat if it wasn't gamey or rancid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Any more options, you know, to delve into other than just, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to give it all I got. You know what I mean? And I'm <laughs> likely to get killed anyway. We're giving it all I got. You know what I mean? So in that sense, you know, collaboration is like really key. Like I need, like when I'm down and out with, you know, in those homeless days when you and I were having popcorn dinners and, and, oh and, and peanut butter and jelly sandwich desserts and I'm sleeping on your floor and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like no one will understand me, like that how. That kept me sane. That yeah. kept me sane a lot of days. You know what I'm saying? Especially like we live in the past a lot of times. You know what I mean? We as human beings, we live in the past. So, you know, in those moments, I'm 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 ready to renege back to how I got to my highest points, which was in the streets. And being able to just have a conversation with a fellow creative and like, yo, dog, you're gonna be good. You mm. know what I mean? It was just like that light, that that that's you know what somebody on the outside looking in would probably call silly hearted mania. Like, don't you not see that this shit is crazy? This dude got a kid. He's sleeping on your floor. Like, you what? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And that's reality that I know. That's what I'm saying. Um, the character on Love Is might have been met with a lot more if his mother wasn't from Oakland and already a singer. A professional singer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't even pick up on that. I got to watch this thing again. <laughs> for real <laughs> you know tv is like books for me so yeah i get all the way into it um yeah but that's so i feel like um and like the little subtle stories that they tell in between because again the story is inspired by their love yeah however it has to relate to the times it has to relate to the zeitgeist so there has to be some things in there about you know um, whiteness, blackness, brut- police brutality, you know, culture, all those things have to be sort of, you know, quote unquote relevant to the times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so you have that we're here for us. Can you still hear me? I can now. For us because they are what they are but then there's this whole new thing, this whole new spin that it's okay to fall in love with a person after, you know, one day. Or it's okay to break your three-month rule. It's okay to not tell a man how many men you've been with or how many women. Your sexual past, period. You know yeah. what I mean? In the 90s, that was not okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. sure that the badgering that he did to her in, in real life, in real time, might have been a little bit more terse or turgent than it is on the show. Nowadays, yeah. it's more like, uh, I don't really care. So I don't really. Yeah. And people. Some dudes I are real traditional, is... though. Some dudes want to know. Or some dudes want to live in, under the illusion that my girl has only been with three guys. And that makes me feel that much more special. <laughs> 
So I don't even know if I'm like thinking about it from that aspect. Um, I don't think. Okay, so when I when I think about when a guy asks like how many individuals you've been with, from a, a female perspective, it's almost that slut shaming for yourself. Sort yes. of a thing. Like you're you're thinking like, okay, why do you want to know? Like, do you want like how much is too much in your book? Or really, is it like is, is 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 this going to come back and haunt me somewhere? Yeah. Me like sharing this, all I'm really looking to do is share myself with you. But I feel like me sharing myself with you would t- turn out to be some type of bitter darkness that I regret having shared with you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas when he asked, and she was like, and he was, and she was like, uh, well, well, how many women have you been with? He was like, well, what year did you graduate high school? And she was like, eighty nine. And he was like, well, somewhere around there. You know what I mean? And she like hit him and was just like, see. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she didn't shame him. She didn't say anything about it. She didn't call him a whore or you nasty dog or whatever. Uh-huh. It just was what it was. At yeah. that time, even now, you still get kind of pushback on that. Like, but you a dog. Ooh, you a slut. I can't believe. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't. It's just. Don't let, like, d- d- defer judgment at its best. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. That's a. That's a good song. <laughs> I like that song. I love this song. And it was perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, for the judgment part of the conversation and how that kills creativity. Yeah. Um, and even just... in his relationship with Ruby, his ex, like the constant feeling of judgment kept him on that couch, couch surfing for five months, yeah. not being able to catch a job, smoking cigarette after cigarette. Now he's in this new chapter with this new sunny woman. And and I'm not talking about her complexion. I'm just talking about her attitude and her mm-hmm. spirit. Um, he's got a job. He's quit cigarettes. He feel he seems happy. He's helping, he helped her out when she had that surgery that could have, you know, messed her up in that house alone. You know what I mean? And yeah. she could have caught an infection that would have killed her. And this sprightly spirit that he's that he's demonstrating is like is a blow to her ego. And she's like, you all, you, you two are winners and I'm the loser. Like your life is so much better with her and without me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I need really judgment, look at it from that, from that, that aspect. Kind of, that kind of judgment is acidic. It's toxic. And that's why he couldn't produce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he get with this girl, his creativity spills over. He's able to give her ideas. She's reading his work. She's inspired to believe in him and his craft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And no matter what it is, he just wants to prove, I mean, this is the humanhood for him, that patriarchy. He wants to prove that he can provide and protect. That's Even machismo. That a, 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 a menial job, minimum wage. But it's but, just that I want to be able to do something for this person so much. So I'm likening that to how you feel about your support system and your mom. Like, this is the time that you get to be like, I just want to, because she supports me in this thing that I believe in, even though she's kind of like going right. And she's questioned to like, even be in the middle to be like, cause that's my baby and I support her. Yeah. Like, I want to think about all the ways in which I might dedicate something really special something like something within my work 
really special to earn more so that I could be able to do the things I envision doing for those who love me and, and have nurtured and supported me. Hit it right on the head. Sure did. I mean, that's really like, like applicable to my relationship with my mom. Like it literally is that relationship where it's like, she is going right, but she's going right because it's the only thing that she believes that she knows how to do. Um, and that she's been doing and it's been working. So why fix it or change it? But say I'm going left um, and she does want to support that. She's just fearful because she does know that there's a little bit of failure that's on, on that other side. And why even chance failure when you can go right and, you know, come out winning every time? Supposedly. Well, you won't. Because you won't because you'd feel stifled and you feel like your creativity is being snatched away from you at every given point and that you feel like now not only are you less of a colorful being that you once were now you're black and white just like everybody and now everybody come else on. come on come on <laughs> I just had a <laughs> moment I need a I need because... an applause button I need like a woohoo button <laughs> woohoo yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? That's so like even in the show, you see that with her mom. She like, mom, what is this? Like your third or fourth marriage now? Like, you want to give me tips and tools? But her mom has valuable information because she's failed several times, so she Mm. knows better, right? Yeah. However, that within that failing, you would think that she would be able to notice something real. And obviously what they have is real because they've been able to build this empire, which led to them having this show that's inspired on their love. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's like her mom has these value, these things that's, that's, that's steeped in, in deep traditional values for a woman of color. And she's like, your daddy was a Muslim. Your daddy mm-hmm. was charming. I remember that part and I was just like and I really connected to that part because it's just like I think when especially the images of trauma that we mm. hold in our lives like you said it we live in the past so everything that once was we hold that to either limit us or sort of set the bar on how much we can excel sort of a thing Ooh. And to put that in simple terms, like especially when it comes down to relationships um, with our parents, like you know, at one point my mom used to say, like, "Oh, you're coming just like your father." Like basically, I, I I'm like my dad. Like I come, I do similar things that he would do. And for me now, all of those things that she once said, like I'm talking about years ago, are triggers for me. So anything, you know, that she might say in comparison to, you know, um, my dad and how he once, you know, sort of interacted with our household, which still stands, um, blessed to still be in it. But anything that she kind of says towards, towards me, including him and how he interacted with the household is a trigger for me. And I'm just like, well, what do you mean exactly by that? Let's unpack that because you could be coming from a place of love, but you can also be coming from your own personal place of trauma. And once you go to that place, 
I'm there because I've been there for it the entire time. Although yes. I've released my dad. Mm hmm. Like you wanted to say something. No, no, I'm listening. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've released my dad for my life. Like, you know, knowing that and, and in doing that, there's a lot of things that I've let go of. However, my mom hasn't. And so she might just be making a simple comment to her past, but that past is seeped in trauma. And I was there for all of the trauma. So it just triggers me. So I think, again, coming back to um, Nuri's mom um, and her saying your dad was charming, your dad was Muslim and all of these things, it's just like, okay, well, I failed once. Our, Our relationship didn't work. And I don't want that same thing for you. However, mom, I'm in love with this man. Like, I love him. Like, I remember she said that. She was like, I love him. It was like, it, it, then, it was like to, to a glass half empty person, like her mom, I know she went to her, her mother and her sister and was like, this girl is like hopelessly in love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't want to get her little foolish heart broken. Yeah. Where she didn't look at it from another perspective of saying that this girl is hopeful mm. and optimistic bubbly like it was this innocent i love the fact that they did choose those actors because yeah those actors um because in nuri she really has like a light like i see the light i see it in her um as a character that light and shows she's not up. tainted. Like she's not like she's so she can't naive contain about it. Certain things. Yes, you know I mean? that so that was what I wanted to that was my next point. It it's almost ah, that optimism can become, you know, naivety if you don't if you're not aware of the harsh realities that are around. I think her mom is trying to prep her for that, that hey. You might be in love right now, but let's also take into take into account that this guy doesn't have a job. He has a kid. He is, you know, couch surfing, yada, yada, yada. All of the things that make him an unsuitable. A deadbeat. Uh-huh. Yes. And and that's, no. a society, think, that's, the, that's the rules well, of a societal so- deadbeat. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, regardless of like if we because you know somebody that was a couch surfer that wasn't a deadbeat but by societal terms that person is a deadbeat yeah so but so I think wait. go ahead no I think just coming from her mom's perspective of like you know she does want Nuri to have a man like from the from the first episode when they st- started talking about relationships she wants her her daughter to you know sort of be um in a relationship with a, a good man like her values and and the traditions. And so I, I think I this know. guy was an unsuitable candidate for that, for that mold. I don't think, I don't even think that it, it went so much into having a good man. I think it was just having a man, a man, like a showpiece man, like fitting that criteria of a woman. Like, yeah, you got this. Like there was very little celebration of Nuri's accomplishments of being autonomous, right? Like having mm-hmm. her own home and things like that. It was even like her her um, talk back in 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 a in a colloquial sense got her in trouble a lot of times. Like her mother, like, is you raising your voice? I mean, you talking back to me? And even her aunt was like, see, that's that private school shit. Yeah, like, I did you, hear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she didn't lost. You know what? Like her Noah because she challenged everything that those upset women were talking about. Mm. 
You know what I mean? And because she was challenging those things, that rhetoric, it had to be something else. It had to be, you know, she was, she had too much of a free mind. So for me, her attitude was very fanciful or fancy free because she knew um, the deleterious things about the phenomenal world, but she chose to, to love anyway. Yeah. She chose to give of herself and of her heart anyway, regardless of, you know, what they, what they said would be um, an imminent threat or an impending danger. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and I thought that, I think that that's what's, what brings so much light to her character is because I'm going to win regardless is her attitude. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm winning regardless. And I'm, She's already I'm driven won. To win. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and because she was living in a space that was so novel to those other women, it was more so like, this is just my perspective. That's just, this is just my perspective, by the way. It just seems like, you know, she was, she was leading with so much pushback from, from the, from her girlfriend at work, from the women in her immediate environment. And the only place that she was able to find solace um, as far as another woman goes in the, the neighbor of the street, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm in love with this man. I don't even know his last name. And yeah. Kind of a sense. And like Ruby, because she could be, she could feel for, for Ruby and Ruby could kind of feel for her. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. In like a weird, weird way. It was that's just, really weird. That's just like my, my perspective on that. But Beak. That his spirit allowed her to soar higher, like with her her job. You know what I mean? Like it helped her know who she was and what she wanted. You know what I mean? This man met her again a year later from a coffee shop with his drawers on. <laughs> I loved that. I love that part though because it's just like I was like, hey, what the fuck he got on? He got on some bikes or something. What the fuck is this? I love that part because it really consistently reminds I've been having a hard time with this word today. Consistently. (laughs) Is that how you say it? Yes. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) because Master's degree, y'all. Master's (laughs) of science. No, honestly, like, okay, consistently. Okay, that sounds a little bit better now. (laughs) It consistently reminds me. I do that too. I be doing. Honestly, I felt like there was maybe another consistently, like a another that needed to be said, like consist. Okay, anyway, because I could be on that for days. (laughs) All right, so, um, I think we like bump into our soulmates. Like I do believe in soulmates. Like I believe in you know people truly deeply connected. To one another, they're out there for you. And I mean, if you're... this lo- this love story resparked that for me. You know, what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, you know me. I mean, you know me like for real, mm-hmm. like, like on a serious level, like brother sister level. Mm-hmm. And you know, like uh, I guess in between my lines all the time is that romantic, but due to like the phenomenal and seeing so much in my world, like uh, living in dog years and and knowing how you know just fucked up everything can be yeah this definitely reignited my that feeling for me of that deep-hearted naive gullible care about somebody else 
Yes. And I think I'm I'm definitely going through one of those uh, relation. No, let me not even say that. I'm going through one of, yeah, you know what? I'm going through one of those friendship relationships right now where it's like you have such a deep care for this other person. It's like, I don't really know where this is stemming from. Like when I really think about it, the way that we met was sort of, you know, how, how? Houseway. How? <laughs> and here we are, you know, months later and I, like, I'm connected. I'm tuned in kind of a thing. So Nice. It's, it just, That's even better. You can't ask for more. Yeah. I, this show, again, reminded me, consistently reminds me that there are, I think, I think we have multiple soulmates. Don't get me wrong. I don't think there's just one. I think you... Where there's multiple love. Yes. Not just one. And, and in your lifetime, I think you can have multiple simultaneously, like, more, at more than one no, 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 at, at a time like you can have more than one love it's not like in one lifetime like in one era of your life like you can only have one great love and then and then the next love. I think I don't know you see that's what I love that's what I love about she's all that though you know what I mean yeah like, she's the epitome of that her character <sighs> is the epitome of not having just one love like her love for herself if anything would be her one love you know what yeah, I'm saying? she really like I really loved that she was so young, but she was so in tune with herself and her body. And like she was so creative in that aspect that she didn't, you know, confide to the norms of society. Like, you know, that you have I mean, to she's do... got to have it. I said she's all that. She's, she's got to have it. <laughs> yeah, but I knew what you were saying, though. Oh, mm. Nola, darling. Coming out with oh, Nola, darling is beautiful. man. Uh, so beautiful. God. So beautiful. But that's the the line between that tethers those two characters is that creativity. Yes, you know what I mean. That that tapped into the, to that uh, uh, that awareness, that self awareness. Self awareness is that that mindset. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think dare to be yourself, dare to be bold. Like even in the the nuanced things when she came to work with the negligee mm-hmm. on, and she was like, and the, and the one the one woman in wardrobe, the creative in wardrobe was like, I like be that. Bold. Be she, yourself. She was like, like I like yes. that. Whereas those that were still kind of holding on to that traditional thing is like, well, what the fuck do you got on? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you get to express yourself? Don't you dare think about expressing yourself. And and like, and, and that for me, I feel that because in so many conversations that I've had with individuals about how I need to, like years ago, when I'm like when I first started out on on like a journey committed to my creativity. It was you need to cut your hair. You was there. You need to noose up, yeah. and all this other all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, well, what does that do for my culture? What does that do for the culture that I'm coming from? That I that I wish to impact. That I've done my research on. That only separates me. That only further draws the schism mm. of you know like African Americanism and black blackness. Um, in choosing to uphold my culture instead, you know what I mean. Regard you know no matter what penalty, regardless of any penalty that comes from me doing such. You know what I mean? I know that I win either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that. And you, you did know. win. It's like, did you have to do all of that? It almost, I wouldn't say selling out yourself. A lot of those, a lot of those people, a lot of those folks that were telling me that, you know, don't work at those institutions. <laughs> <I was> just, <laughs> yeah. 
So for me, it's like, was it worth it? Like, like see, all of the, that. That's the thing. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Folks can't really see clearly until they have that revelation in their life. Mm. You have to have that sincere disruption. Oh. You have to be disrupted. Yeah. In some kind of way that kind of, that fucks you up. Trust me. So you be like, yo, you know what? I played this game for so long. Mm. You, you preaching I mean? right now. You really preaching. I ain't, you know, I ain't trying to do that. Nah. But you know, like you but you know that I am like so connected like right dude. now. Like the gay dude on Love Is. Perfect example. Like I did everything that I felt like I was supposed to do. And I'm supposed to end up with a beautiful girl like you so I can kind of like break this gayness, right? Yep. And in this in that emotional like catharsis of himself on those mushrooms. He was able to come clean and, and the stripping of himself to be bare naked at that time was bearing his soul to Nuri to say like, yo, I'm, I'm so ultra gay and I wish I was caring in the other room right now. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not laughing at him for being gay. I'm laughing at the sense of nah, no. like he do, he's doing all of this to be accepted in life. But ironically, he doesn't accept himself. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's... It, no, go, go, go ahead. What was you no, saying? I was just saying in the next episode um, when he goes to the bar by himself and the other guy comes over and kind of reads him. And the dude reading for filth. Yeah, he read him up and down. I was like, <laughs> boy, who are you trying to play? You just played yourself. And then when he asked him what, his, what did his drink say, he was like, nothing. I just like the text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really read him, but again... I think just being but, like your authentic self really, there's a level of fear that is surrounded, you know, it's just, it's surrounding that. But on the other side of that, again, is your true and authentic self. Not having to well, conform. The custom-made hmm? custom custom lifestyle feels more secure until you start drowning all your, your problems or you find the cure to all your problems in the bottom of the bottle. I mean, that's what this thing is set up for. That's why there's liquor stores and, and bars everywhere. So you can, you know, live for the weekend. Mm. Be that quote unquote week, weekend warrior. Like, I don't give a fuck about none of that. Just get me a drink and I want many of them. Yeah. I want to get so drunk I could do something stupid. You know, it's you know so what I mean? funny because I was having a conversation with somebody. No, I wasn't. I think I was listening to someone speak and they were just saying like, why do we drink when we go out? Like, what is it really for? And I, I don't know if I was just on a deep level with it, but it was so much deeper for me. I'm like, okay, not, not saying that I'm never going to have a drink again, but I'm just thinking when you go to like parties and things of that nature, like when you're sitting there and you're having a drink socially with individuals. What is the true purpose of drinking this liquid, this this formula right now? Like, what? <laughs> I like how you call it this, this formula. formula because this formula. When you think about what alcohol does to you, it is a suppressant, isn't it? A suppressant. It's a depressant. Depressant. It has many deleterious effects. So it don't it, suppress. Well, it's. It, it has suppressant qualities if you're using it to self-medicate, like a vice. So you could suppress the way that, or repress the way that you feel. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, due to like trauma and things like that, or unlived dreams. 
like on Back to the Future One. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but the mother no. was drinking. Not. Marty's mother was drinking so much because of the dreams of what could have been or what she might have done. Mm. And when he went back, when he went to the past to change who his father was um, and giving him that confidence, her life was indeed different. She was when, when he went back to the future again, his mom was slim. They were active. They had played tennis together. She wasn't drinking. She wasn't smoking cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't looking for those vices. You know, she was more in tune, as you would say, with her life lifestyle and the quality of her life. Okay. She knew, you know, like she knew she was in charge of that. So like for me, when I stopped drinking, I started to, it made me evaluate like how you just said, um, you're at that pivotal point. Like, what do I drink for? Yeah. I don't even like the flavor of it. Um, I granted sexually, I'm able to perform a lot longer because I'm numb. Um, all over but other than that like it makes your breath sting my my legs hurt the next day because i'm dehydrated mm-hmm. um hangover you might have a hangover you know I mean? it's like so many things that come from it that's not good like i didn't lost money i didn't you know, <laughs> threw one of my friends out of a window it was like nothing <laughs> i've gotten like serious i'm popped the trunk stopped traffic and popped the trunk in the middle of the street and didn't even and forgot that i didn't even have nothing in there you know what I'm saying? Like I could have been, I could have got blown away. Facts. I could not be on this pot. You know so it's like nothing really, and that, that's just like a tip of the iceberg. I can't t- tell you some of the stuff I did while I was saucy, and and I was totally against, you know, fellowshipping with marijuana at that time. Totally against it for the most part of my life was totally against it. Mm. So once I started to fellowship, when I started to partake in that, it was instantly, instantly a more, it was like a tuning fork for my antenna. Didn't like, you say it before? I think it's so vital to mention it on this podcast at this moment. What your student had said to you one day about the antidote. That was, that was, B, that was Bidiski's student. Was it? Yeah, that was Bengali student that was like, yo, you know, like, what if, what if, you know, like marijuana smoke is the cure or the antidote to the mind control drugs that they pump into the air. And even if that was like some, some shit that a motherfucker would be like, Yo, that's some old smart dumbass shit to say. <laughs> it was really thought provoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if I didn't have my own hypothesis to why we have sheeple, that would make a lot of sense. Sheeple. Yeah. People that follow sheep. Yes. Like sheep. Like, like sheep. Hitler. Hitler said the masses are like sheep. They do anything you tell them to do. Mm. You know, I mean, as long as they herd it together. So I, I, I came up with the sheeple kind of thing. Look at but, you coining, coining new terms. <laughs> that slavitude, man. People, they like the slavitude because I, if I have an intolerance for uncertainty or I have this like um, fear of ambiguity or uncom- you know, uncomfortability with ambiguity. Even though security is misery, I'm comfortable with it because I know that it's certain. I know how this will play out. Yeah. I don't want to take a big chance and fail. You know, and that's where you've gotten over the fear of failure, but you you're facing the fear of success. Mm. And you don't want to go up super high and fail and have everybody look at you or you feel like everybody will look at you and ridicule 
and then you have to find a way to get back up again. So it's just safer to be the bus driver and not try hard at all. You know what I mean? It's safer to just get a job in a 401k and, and not really try. You know what I mean? Like Frederick Douglass said, I wish I just, I wish I didn't know how to read because, you know, in the sense I envy my, my brothers and sisters that's in bondage um, because their ignorance is bliss. And sure a lot of days I feel like that. You know what I mean? Like having the burn ward and, and, and hosting workshops some days that nobody show up, although they say that they will, it's because it's like, well, you suffer from that guyo. You know, you have to get out of your own way. You know what I mean? Like, if you're telling me that you need this and that you want to come to the class, then you, you indeed should be here. What's stopping you from being here? And you'll make up any excuse. Or even being on a podcast, like, you know what I mean? Some people be like, yo, man, I fell, I overslept. I, you know, I didn't make it. Like, okay, well, let's set up another time then. You know what I mean? It's, I understand the fear that comes with that. But you're looking at somebody that's attacking that fear every day. So you have to understand that I'm not, you know, like I really don't accept that at the same time. Yeah. You can't even yeah. like, you can't even play anymore. Like with this thing called your dreams, like you're actually living it. Like you're on the other side of that fear. Well, that's the thing. I'm not horse playing with it, but I'm at play every day. Explain that. So people. I'm not horse playing it. I'm not horse playing in like a class sense, right? Horse playing would get you removed from the room. Mm -hmm. So I ain't horse playing with this shit at all. I got bills to pay. I got a son to look after. I got a legacy to build, right? But I'm at play every day. They say you're at your best self when you're at play. I'm at play every day. I thoroughly enjoy. I get lost in the time of being with individuals that's seeking freedom. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's my basketball. That's my sex. Like, it's so orgasmically fun for me to help people pause, get, you know, get over themselves. Get over this life that they've built that's not their own. And they're scared to be naked in front of the world with their true self. Mm. Because they've had to build up this self this version of themselves in order to be liked and make friends in this world. That's so important. Let's talk about that. It's tough making friends out here just being your real self. It really is. Until you, you find another you weirdo. A booger, eater, a booger eater in the first grade. <laughs> Especially as a woman. Or that you, you ate glue. That. that you used to eat your toenails. Like you used to Put your foot up to your mouth and bite your toenails. Like you don't want, especially as a woman, you don't want anybody to know that. That's very true. And I knew a booger eater in the first grade, which was a girl, and she thought it was so cool to eat boogers. Were you a booger eater? Fuck it. I was a snot licker. Ew. But you almost made me cuss mad hard. Fucking no, I was no booger eater. I was not taking boogers out my nose and putting them in my mouth. I mean, come now, on. You, you didn't eat not one booger. Not one booger. I was not a. I was not a part of the booger lip monster. Stop. Um, Stop the madness right now. But I would be outside playing Fumbly Rumbly, and be too lazy to go in the house to get some tissue, but classy enough to not wipe snot on my sleeve. So I would Listen. stick my tongue up on my lip and lick the the the, the, the excess snot. This. Off of it and What's spit worse? It out. What's worse? But I was, I Buggers or out. snot? 
I would spit it out. I would spit it out. I, I might have swallowed it once or twice. It was like, <laughs> come on, man, be honest. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely might have swallowed it a couple of times. But think about but, it, no. like when you do the, when you like do the little. Gosh, I can't even do it right now. Like when you inhale all that snot into the back of your throat, and now your throat is filled with phlegm. Oh, when you hawk spit. That. Have you ever swallowed it before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a part. I've been sick. So that's boogers. I've been in sick and in classes and 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 yeah, but I'm, we're not talking. That's not eating boogers. <laughs> eating boogers is by the method of putting, taking something and putting it in your mouth, and you know, rolling it on your palate, tasting it, and savoring it, and then swallowing it. That's that. Wow. I okay. remember her saying to me. <laughs> That they so salty, like what's wrong? And then talking to me with the boogers <laughs> on her tongue, so you like as her mouth was moving, I could see the boogers on her tongue. You know what I mean? So it was just like, <laughs> but as she grew older, she knew eating boogers made her quote unquote not normal, mm-hmm. made her weird to everybody else. So she ceased to eat boogers. I'm sure. I mean, I didn't know her past that point, but I'm sure she learned how to cope in the real world without having to eat boogers, right? So she had to amend herself in different ways in order to become quote unquote normal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then once you come, once you start to graft all these custom made things onto your creative self, you cease to become creative and be more of what people's opinions of you are. Like I agree that people care about what other people think about them. But I think that it's to their perspective. Like for me, I only care about what other people think about me in the sense of me being misunder or misoverstood. Mm. If you don't know me and you don't know my story and you got me all wrong, that's when I care about what you think about me. But other than that, I can give a fuck about what you think about me. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm stepping out of that, that right now. Um, I mean, obviously, we've already mentioned that, you know, I'm, I'm 23 and most of my life so far has been lived in college, in school. Um, but being out of that phase right now and really submerged into the real world, I could give a fuck. Like, I could give a fuck because it's just like there's more things in the day to worry about than other people and what they think of me. But in school, Yes, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted people. I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I, w- I was that yes woman or that yes girl at one point in my time. Like, I just, I wanted to conform to. Ooh. You wanted to be that Definitely. woman that, you know, either this guy is breaking my virginity or he's. Like in my like he's like in the top five. I haven't did all these things, all these patriarchal things that was built up for you to be the perfect woman. You know what I mean? Versus who you are. Mm. Who mm. you are naturally and being loved for who you are naturally occurring as a human being. Not what's not these values that society has made up for who you should be. Because if you live by that standard then you would only be going to college to get a better husband, to afford a better husband. 
You would only get a master's degree to get a, a husband that's a, 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 a doctor, athlete, lawyer. An entertainer, banker, lawyer, whatever, right? To secure a better life and lifestyle, right? To secure a better future. You wouldn't be getting a, a master's degree to be practicing your autonomy or mm. as security for yourself as a backup for you living your dreams in the daytime. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Can, that one deserved an applause button because it's very important to expound on that part of living your day, your 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 dreams in the daytime. So again, going back to that hustle versus, you know, I think I think there's a difference between knowing that you're hustling and like. Say, for instance, going into that nine to five and, and setting expectations that this is about to be my end all be all. Like, I need to be here between the hours of nine to five to make my dreams happen. It's like, nah, my dreams are going to happen on my own terms because after this nine to five, there's a five to nine. Okay. And the wheel never stops moving because it's just you're working at at what you want for yourself and for your life and for your future and for your dreams and you're not investing all of this time for nothing so i just needed to um expound on that one point that living your dreams and it's okay like i think society okay so even coming from a creative standpoint it's like we even look down on on a we look down upon ourselves for even having a nine to five. Like I remember at first one time when I came home, I met um someone who was a photographer and they were a graphic illustrator. Um and on 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 the side, a babysitter. And on the side, an Uber driver. But guess what? Nine to five, they were a bank teller. And it's like I was like, oh, so you're creative, like you're super creative. You have all these, you know, talents and you're a master of many trades, but you have a nine to five. I think I came from a a judging. I I was judging. I was judgmental because I'm just like, look at you. You're such a, a dope creative. Are you maximizing your time? Like as you should, because all the things that you do, these five, you know, things that you do could be paying your bills. I'm sure. Double. But see, that's the that's, this bank teller. But that's the thing there, sis. When you get to a certain level where you feel like you need multiple jobs like that, if you show me a person with, if you ask me about a person with three jobs, I'll show you a broke person. Mm. Because there's no reason why you need to be working three jobs if you you talking about I'm getting rich, I'm getting rich, but you ain't how you getting rich? You working three jobs, it's 24 hours in a day. So if you give it all three of them eight hours, that's your whole day. Even if you give him one, eight, and two, and, and, and between the other two, you give him five, that's still a 13-hour day. You still got to get some rest, which may cost you five hours. That's 18 hours, right? And then that means you got six hours to, uh, of leisure time to, to date your girlfriend, to watch your favorite shows, and do take a shower, and eat your food, and so on and so forth, right? So as yeah. a creative, right? You have to be investing in your future, right? So like a lot of people, they get mis- me misconstrued for what I do up at the college, right? So they like, oh yeah, you work, at the, you work at the school, right? They look at it as a traditional job setting. And I'm telling them like as, a, as an adjunct lecturer, I'm, I'm a contractor. They contract certain months out to me, but because they don't know that vernacular, they don't know that kind of language, that professional mm-hmm. language. It's like, well, you, nigga, you got a job. What, you got laid off or something? That's why you ain't teaching this great I'm like, no, it don't work like that. 
You know what I'm saying? And then even in a sense to other creatives, this, this, um, for lack of better terms, occupation allows me to sharpen my craft in learning and development. That's what I do either way. Mm-hmm. And then it also gives me gravitas to say, I teach at the collegiate level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's compensating for my goals and my dreams. Like when I was driving my cabs, I believe I crashed them because it was providence for the Lord saying, or for the good God to say, you know, not like that, not, not, not like that, son. Not like that. Mm-hmm. You have to bet on yourself. And if you still, you still trying to weasel your way out of what I'm trying to get you to understand. You know what I mean? That's over with. And that was bought with ill, but it was, it was purchased with ill gotten profit. So I'm gonna take all of that from you. Yeah, come on, give me that. Give me all that. <laughs> yep, that one too. <laughs> yeah, give me all that. <laughs> now you sit there, yeah, you sit there on your own ass and you figure this out. Mm. Do what I designed you to do. Grow. And, and you no talked about this before it. though, that hindsight. Because in the moment, I'm pretty sure you was just like, God, why why today? Why right now? Well, see, you know, at that point, I was already, I was still going through my pro- like I was still aware. So when I crashed, when it happened, I was so excited to not have any tickets from the accident that the other driver wasn't hurt and that I hadn't been hurt. And I didn't feel like I was signing CTE records for those who don't understand. That's a concussion uh, because I, my head hit the steering wheel. I was so excited about those things that I was more thankful for or grateful for my precious life that I had versus not being able to have the cabs anymore. Mm. My mind immediately went into how might I make more money now? I said, wow, this is a pickle. <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. So that forced me to perform better within my craft. That made me dive deeper into the education of it, the research of it. So I can be better when applying myself. And without doing those things and trying to find other outlets and going to volunteer and things like that, I would be missing the point because I would be looking for something that didn't fuel my, my drive for my, my, or my quest for my goals. You know what I mean? Like you have to learn to fall in love with the hustle. So mm. I have something to say. After that, you creative, say that person that you say is a creative, they fell in love with the hustle, but they were trading the hustle for money. They were trading their time for money. They were yeah. giving away their power for the dollar. You know what I'm saying? Where once I know that I'm willing to work that hard, then I'm going to volunteer and I'm going to give this shit away for free so motherfuckers know where to find me. Excuse me. They know to come look for me when it comes time to doing this kind of these kinds of things. When they looking for a coach and they or they looking for somebody to, a mentor to help them get beyond, then call me. And that's what brothers should have been doing. When while brother was hustling up that money, he was like, yo, I'm gonna hustle on the side to get my money up because I want to go hire me a coach. Or I want to go hire me a brand strategist to help me get to the next level or help me navigate the next level. You don't go get three jobs to try to figure out how you be a better entrepreneur. Mm. How does that make sense? It doesn't. The journey is what makes a credible and or great entrepreneur. There's no if, answer buts about it. There's no way around it. You have to go through the process. Now, for some people, they ignore a lot of the signs that they get along the way, which means that their process will be likely a lot harder. Mm. It will hit them a lot stronger. And you never know how it will come. 
to you. You know what I mean? I know some people who have lost children. I know people who've lost their relationships, um, lost their parents, um, went to prison, all because they wouldn't take heed of the signs that was coming along the way. You know what I mean? Like me. I didn't take heed of the signs way back when I was getting my associate's degree, when I was getting my bachelor's degree, to just trust myself, trust my process, and just commit myself to entrepreneurship. I had one foot in the streets, one foot one foot outside, and one, and one foot in entrepreneurship with the vending machines and with the cab company. But when anything, if anything that went wrong with those companies, where was I get? Where what was my bank? Where was I getting my money? Where was I getting my funds from? The streets. When yeah. I needed to pay my bills, I did that from the streets. The, the businesses began to look cute over time. Like even before I had those companies, I would tell like my homegirl came up to me and was like, "Yeah, what did you tell me you would do?" Like I like I wasn't really paying attention to you was in the streets like that, like that. Like because you told me you was doing something. What was you doing? I said I was I'm like I told you I was a property manager knowing I didn't know nothing about property management but my brother owned a lot of properties so I could say like yo I, I you know I manage his properties for him for a nice little fund a month but knowing that that wasn't paying for all the Jews that I had all the parties all the VIPs I was buying all the trips I was taking you would have to be you would have to have your own property management firm for all of that yeah you did what I'm saying but due to her naivety she was believing what I told her you see what I'm saying? Like, I had to commit to this thing in this process a thousand percent if I wanted to change my life and I wanted to change my ways. Because I had to commit to an abundant mindset versus that lack and limitation of a deficit mindset. Mm. Man, I got to work these three jobs. Why? Because I needed to let people know I ain't broke. Why? Because if I'm broke, I'm a slouch. Why? Because if I'm a slouch, I'm worthless. Why? Because if I'm worthless, I ain't nothing. Like Especially but who said? Society. By, the, by that deadbeat standard of society. Mm. Look at look at this coming around full circle. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I love that show so much because, you know, by society standards, he's like, girl, don't bet on him. Mm-mm. Also, I think he's even questioning it. Excuse me, questioning it. I don't know why. Sorry, he was, he was he was he was vulnerable. He was very transparent about that. He was like, "Yo, I'm, yo, I was up there, like, yo, here it is. My girl has everything." But he also was saying to her, "Like, you sure you want to be with me? Like, you sure you want to do this?" But it wasn't from a sense of insecurity. At least that's not the part that we saw. We don't get to see like the, the very troubling times that he would, you know, like that he would have with her talking to the contractors coming in, talking about designing a new bathroom, a new living room. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure that those, those, that, that was like very complex conversations that they were having. You know what I mean? In real life, in real time. But in the show, what you see is him having this cerebral battle and sitting the sidelines and watching. He was like, I felt like a little kid watching the adults have, having a conversation. Yeah. And I know what that feels like. I've been in that kind of situation. But I had to change my mindset from the lack of limitation and look at it like, yo, this person is really here for me, holding me down, giving me a place to lay my head, giving me a place, a couch to serve. And if I really care about it that much, then prove it by taking advantage of my creativity, hmm. taking ownership of my creativity and bossing up off of that 
And that way I could come back and, and, and philanthropically pay it forward with other individuals like how it was done for me. And then I could give nice little gifts and, you know, leave little sweet little knickknacks for those individuals that was looking out for me. Sweet little knickknacks, though. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because that's what really means the most. That's what really means the most. And everybody I'm around, they got everything. So, you know, just the little things, like those buttons for your graduations. Instead of trying to go and do something super big, I'm like, well, what does she really like? Yeah, you hit that gift right on the nail. Right on the head. I try. Why do I keep keep I messing up the phrase? Well, that, but... you know, well, you naturally, you know, you got you naturally got that silliness to you, but it's it's this podcast thing too. This thing gets higher and it's late. I'm sure you had a long day. We we've been at this thing for a little while now. We're gonna so... need a part two debrief. Yeah, we're gonna definitely need a a, a part two debrief. Definitely. For real. Like I'm willing and able to come back on. I believe that we've given the audience a lot. So I want to take like 20 minutes to like wrap this up. So we're going into the morphing time portion of the segment. Um, I call it morphing time because um, first notch, like, you know, he, he liked to be saying it's morphing time, but that's nostalgic for me and my guy, me and my, me and my guy, Gene, we, we was coming up and we would see people out in the streets um, when they needed their blast or they needed a fixed or their vice, we would always say it's morphing time because that's when they transform into the ego wants them to be. Right? Mm. So in our space, we wanted to capitalize on that and transform you into the, into the person you were designed to be. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully by the tools and tricks and, 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 and skills that we talk about and that we're given on this platform that by this time in the conversation, persons are ready to, to, to transform and commit to sustaining evolution and, and morph into something that higher self come out of that cocoon even better than they were. So let's debrief the debrief. Let's take this last 20 minutes or so to debrief the debrief. So what were we talking about in this, Janini? We literally dissected in today's society living in a capitalistic world how you can how you can navigate the spaces of being custom made or being creative um, or creativity versus what is custom made um, we spoke about how it's connected to us on, on a personal level on a business level and how we interact with society you know sort of going against the the norms or for especially for me just having left the cocoon the incubation tank sort of navigating this new space um finding my voice finding that agency consistently (laughs) there goes that word again consistently (laughs) trying to pave um new paths while also looking at the paths that were already paved for me, especially creatives that came before me, how they did the things that they did, how they were able to be successful, consistently monetize off of their crafts, their gifts, their skills. Um, So I think it's like, you know, when we talk about being custom made or or having a custom made path already, um, you know, planned out for you, it's different when you come in from, say for instance, a creative space where, 
I know many, you know, black millennial illustrate. Well, I don't know them personally, but I look up to them. I respect their work. Um, creative Hebrew, black. Hebrew Bradley. Shout out to Hebrew Bradley, right? Hebrew Bradley. Bradley. I know. I, I don't know that one, but I do know a girl named Zoe. Uh, she's so sweet. And she's so, like, she's just bursting with life. On the local level, I'm saying. I respect okay. her work. Um, <laughs> I connected with her over this summer. Um, she's a dope illustrator. Her name is at Zoe Drawn on Instagram. Um, I to look her up. She's just, you know. Maybe, maybe we could tag her in this episode. Let's. Let's do it. Um, it's so funny because she is um, an illustrator as well. She does most of her work in Adobe Draw. Um, so for anyone who is familiar with any of the, the programs, um, I use Adobe Draw, Adobe Illustrator, um, Adobe, no, 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 excuse me, Procreate is what I use, what I, what I do most of my work in. But she's like a master at Adobe Draw. And she's so, ca- like, I don't know if it's cavalier. Um, she's very chill and like nonchalant with her attitude, but that is really the essence of her creativity. It's like, I'm just doing this shit because I love it. Like, I'm just creating this dope art she's at because play. I love it. Like, she's at play. She's yes. at play all day, every day. Literally. And, and you see it in her work. Her work, her color, from her color schemes, um, they're very like vibrant and. And I would say girly because, again, conforming to societal norms of what feminine, um, what masculine colors are. She's very, like, just vibrant in her color choice and her her palette. And her illustrations are, you know, in a simplistic form. There's not a lot of abstract content, but it's telling a story. Um, So I definitely respect her work. But, again, I'm looking at a path that was kind of it was already um, paved by someone else it's a path that it's one of the paths that I'm taking towards success um, in this industry Um, however I'm creating my own path as I go right so when you talk about custom made versus creative creative or creativity it's like I think it's what you do with what you have um, and what you do with what you don't have or what you aspire to do with what you don't have and actually doing it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. It makes sense to me all day. But so, see, that's like I go by the philosophy that, that there's nothing new under the sun. There's no, no ideas original, nothing new is under the sun. So if that's the case, if that is indeed true, if that theory is indeed true, then that means the only thing that's original and novel about this world and this life is me in uh. the way that I think in my perspective and what I bring to the table and what I contribute to the canon of culture. You know what I mean? So I totally agree with that. This whole thing that I'm doing is predicated on the shoulders of other individuals that was tall enough to do or to reach their dreams. You know what yep. I'm saying? And you know, it's possible because of the people who've done it. Right. Before. That's but very important. My create what I bring as a creative is my vision. You know what I'm saying? I don't know anybody from my community that became a consultant. Even more so, uh, 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 you know, practicing psychology in, in, in the way that I do it. Um, and have a hair, you know what I'm saying? Like doing everything that I'm doing. I don't know anybody that's doing it 
that way. And to a certain extent, you know, on a humble side, that kind of makes me um, naive to my impact and what I, what it is that I really do, mm. especially when I'm giving it away. A person like when a person is, is standing before me and they're, they're getting some of the magic, it's like, well, let me tap in, let me tap this dude and get all I can before he runs out. Even though I'm screaming at the top of my lungs that I don't run out of this. You know what I mean? Consulting is just like what I do naturally. Strategy is what I do naturally. So I can help you with this all day. Like I could be in at the paying for my paying my, my, my Wi-Fi bill and I'm helping a young lady strategize and she wanna keep me there in order to get more information, but instead of coming down to the space where I say she can get the information all day. Mm. You you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we don't value what we don't pay for. So if you're getting it for free, you like, uh, yeah, this motherfucker right here might be, you know, he might be a drunk. He just talking shit. You don't know what he's talking about for a while. <laughs> Whereas when you get that price tag next to it, it's like, ooh, why? I don't know. If I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If I, ooh, why? I felt that one. Like, why would I pay this nigga? Why would I pay this dude, excuse me, to 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 help me out? You know what I mean? I'm just going to go get another job and help myself out. Mm. But then when I have a conversation with that individual, it's like, damn, I never thought about that. Or I didn't think about it that way. So what we do is a lot like insurance as a creative, especially what, what I do. What we do is like selling insurance. You don't know that you need it until you need it. Once you get it in your hands, you're like, damn, I don't want to let go of this. How do I get more of it? Well, you have to part with the thing that you love. Like, it's really hard for you to part with. Money. Yeah. And most persons in our era, in that millennial, in this millennial era, is not willing to pay for it yet. They're paying for it, but they're paying for it by, by you know, flesh. The bumps and the bruises, instead of somebody helping them navigate through those spaces. Like the difference between you and your mom is the work that we've done in her time was very taboo. Yeah. Very taboo. Like I tap into the struggle and I tap into your wins, the trophies of your wins to challenge you to be better, to bring about the best self. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you was able to attain this, say you went and bought you a Ferrari tomorrow. And like you was able to get a Ferrari tomorrow, like what else are you able to get if you was able to bust that? Let's push it. Let's push it. And then when I got the tools or the tricks and the life hacks to help you navigate such. In your mom's time, it was taboo to be an entrepreneur. It was taboo to be anything than a good mom. It was taboo to be adventurous. Um, it was taboo to definitely speak to somebody like me, you know, with a psychologist background and, you know, telling you that we can turn your dreams and your deepest fears into your largest successes and reach your ultimate goals. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't happening. So being that you have that on your side, it behooves you to take advantage of those things. Yeah. To exact all the things that you want to see in your life. Like I told you a couple years, last year, that you could be a millionaire by the time you're 30. You will be, as long as you keep the tenacity, the drive to get up and keep going. Like I was talking to this young lady after this keynote I delivered the other day. And she was just like so... Like, I don't want to say unmotivated, but it was like, she was like so disheartened. 
because I got this degree. I got this four-year degree, and it's just like, yo, I'm ready to go back to school to get another bachelor's uh-uh. because this bachelor's that I got don't work. So I'm like, uh-huh. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, a minute, wait, a minute, wait, 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 wait. You can't take the Mickey Ficky back. You can't take it back and get a full refund. So sell it. Ain't that some shit, though? You really can't. No, you can't. They don't even want it back. Mm-hmm. They got your money and gone. And if you bought some more money from them, they gonna, they still monopolizing off of that. So here you are stuck with this degree and you're like, man, there's no way out. Well, let's look at that from a different perspective. Let's look at this as you're leading in this field already. Right? So if you're the expert in this and everybody else out there is just trying, then that means you also have access. You have access to this college where you can go into the library and do some research. You can pair that with your knowledge of the environment of what your, 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 your constituents and you know what they like, you know what they want, you know what they're talking about. Pair that to the research. Boom, you got a product. Get on, get, get on YouTube, get on Instagram, make commercials for yourself, give it away for free and then consult with your friends. Mm. And then think about then give it a, What you say? No, that YouTube um, the commercial thing is really like changing the game. Oh, Can yeah, we talk about to, that? You have to deliberately look at it as such. Yeah. Most, most people getting on Instagram like, yeah, check me out. My abs is crazy. <laughs> or oh, my ass. But like chicks get on it, my ass is popping. Oh, my makeup is done by such and such. If you're not monetizing on that, then what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm a firm believer. If you're talking, you should be teaching. When you're listening, you should be learning. What are you teaching me by telling me this? You're getting a swipe. Unless I like you or I'm connected to you on a, you know, on a different level, or you're getting a swipe. That's not worth my time. That doesn't entertain me. What entertains me is the hustle. What are you doing to exact your dreams? Or you like, oh no, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, what I mean, not right now. I ain't, you know, I ain't, I ain't into that right now, big homie. You know, what I mean, <laughs> I got a lot of different things I could be doing right now, but I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. Okay, we well, keep chilling then. Keep chilling. Keep chilling and tell me what that that brings you in. What reels? What's what you reeling in? What game are you reeling in from chilling? Because I don't. I've done my share of chilling, and that don't do nothing. It don't get you nothing. Yeah, really you know does. what I'm saying. So I was, you know. I hopefully I ignited a different perspective. I disrupted that current that 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 paradigm that she was at that time believing in to like do some things differently. She didn't even have business cards. That's how little she believed in her capitalizing off of this four year degree that she spent four years, maybe even five, trying to attain. Mm. And then when she got it, it's like, man, I don't even want this joint no more. I don't even know what I'm doing here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I like for all the other creatives out there that own their creativity, that's deliberately tapping into their creativity to do just that. Believe in it. Come hell or high water. Trust that as being a part of your process. Quiet yourself and listen to your, in, your inner self for the message. Quiet yourself and listen to your corner for the hook. As a boxer, you listen to your corner for the hook. Your, your coach is in the corner telling you what you should be doing on the inside because they can see you objectively. What you need to listen be. to that voice within that sees you objectively. Mm-hmm. Not the one that's spewing out negative shit all day like you did not tell your stupid ass. You're so ugly. I told you. 
<laughs> Yo, I have fights with my ego every fucking day. Like every day, every day. Like I gotta. I definitely have those moments where it's like, "Yo, shut the fuck up," or I'm going to kill you. Like <laughs> literally, I'm so serious though. And like, somebody, people be thinking like, they think you crazy." Like, yeah. You talking to you so like, "Yo, shit, leave me the fuck, yo, yo." <laughs> Not right now. Not right now, dog. Seriously? You sit your ass down. I'm not playing with you. I said it once. I said it one time, right? Literally. Like, I had that today. A lot of people would like you to believe that they don't have those negative thoughts or that negative self-speak, right? Because they think that makes them cooler and or stronger, right? Mm. For those individuals, I can show you a really weak soul, a really tarnished soul from pretending you know what I mean? That's what our next episode is going to be about. You know what Ooh. I mean? Like forgiving yourself and, you know, foregoing the front. And loving yourself as you are and for who you are. Yeah. For all the cools and uncools. It just is what it is. Yeah, pretending actually, um, you know, ties very well into again, this topic of custom made and, and creative. Right, because you you like, especially for a man like me, ego like my society is ego driven. Coming out the house, the more chicks you hit, the stronger you are, the better you look, the the more money you getting. You know what I mean? The more you disrespect, the more respected you are. The more you do uh, fearless things, the more feared you become. You know what I mean? So it's like for being the villain, you get the most accolades. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it, it, you have to adopt that in order to, to, to survive in that arena, even thrive in that arena, because you can't allow anyone to take anything from you. So that become so come hell or high water, you always risking it. Um to be greater, even if that costs you your life. So in a sense that 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 tragically translates to people who live that straight and narrow. They're willing to risk it all for the satisfaction of society that I'm doing something versus risking it all to live the life that they themselves dream of. Hmm. It's ironic. Like you were saying before and how that ties into social media, um, I think that's like, you know, a platform that you should or you you don't have to, excuse me. It might be a great segue into the next episode speaking on or touching on social media and how how there is a level of pretending that that is connected to especially Instagram because why are, like when you think about it why are you posting selfies why are you posting usies why are you posting your latest travel or trip if you're if not it's, if it's indeed all about business if it is but if it isn't, why are you? And is it just for a like? Like, like it's deep. Like, why does your really... face, why does your ha- why, why does your face have to be beat to the guys in order for you to get on there to get on shoot? Instagram? Yeah. You know um, I mean? Why you can't just unless that raw real? again you're shouting out your makeup artist like you said earlier. Um, and if it is only for likes, then I think it's on a deeper level. It's on a self love level. It's on um, you know trying to gain. Those self love, yeah. You're looking for, for self love and the validation 
of others. Yeah. You're looking for self-love and the validation of your influencers. Mm. Like, how ironic is that? Mm. Like, these people look to you for this influence, mm-hmm. but you're looking to them for the validation. And that's, so that's people- actually connected to art, too. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, coming from a real place, of and again ego steps in and just like yo your shit is whack like <laughs> i'm telling my ego's telling me all of this negative sh- 